This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast and leave us awesome reviews on iTunes and other podcast things. <laughs> By the way, little uh, update, which is that some of you are wondering, how do you get the bonus episodes in your RSS feed oh, if, if you are a donor on Patreon. And now it's fixed because we tested it and it works. Um, so if you are listening to this and you are a donor, if you go to your patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast page, there should be an RSS link for you that works. Yay. As opposed to giving you nothing. But oh, now it works. So cool, yay. Cool. That's great. Um, so much big stuff to talk Hemet. about because it's every week. Hammond. Hi. This was a really bad week. It was a really bad week. It's been, I, I have been actively dreading doing this all day because I'm like, cool, <laughs> we're just going to talk about how the world's on fire and then I'll probably cry at some point. So like, that's My job a, is to make you cry. That's a TLDR for the, for the whole podcast. <laughs> um, Let's start with the Supreme Court stuff. Oh since God, do we have to? We do. Um, here's what I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, you can listen to other political people talk about whatever's going to happen with the Supreme Court and the, the who's going to replace them, whatever. It'll be a conservative extremist. Yes. That is it's not going to be, be a Gorsuch. surprise. Right. It'll just be another Gorsuch. Someone like palatable and not crazy and who <laughs> happens to be conservative on everything. Like Gorsuch, not threatening. Yes. But he'll vote conservative on everything. It'll be the exact same thing. Um, we'll see what the Democrats can do. Probably nothing. Nothing. And also, I don't feel like they're revving up to do much of anything because yeah. they've got 49 seats. They just need to get a. If they got on a couple Republicans, they could. Well, if they got one. Yeah. We're, they that's won. it. But they won't because who? Because well, who? Uh, what's her name from Maine? No, she won't do it. You don't think? She's a coward on this stuff. Yikes. She didn't do it with the tax bills. She, no, you're she, right. no. can't she rely on Susan Collins. Her, can't Susan rely Collins, on Murkowski. Jeff Flake is literally. Flaky. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, there, there's nobody who's willing to be courageous or do anything. They'll just whatever. So I'm not relying on the Democrats to be able to do anything here. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about, the reason I brought it up here is because I wanted to talk about what does Anthony Kennedy mean for church state separation? Because mm-hmm. we know he's a big deal on abortion rights. And that should be kind of the center and the focus of everyone's conversation about this right. and LGBTQ rights. Though with, uh, even with this court post Kennedy, I don't know that they're going to reverse like marriage equality, but they could limit that. You could see a lot more Baker saying yes. no to gay couples types of cases, which is the the real problem in the world is that bakers have to make cakes. For right, uh, Christians have to treat people equally. That Ugh. goes against everything evangelicals yeah. stand for. Must be hard for them. Okay, so let's talk about Kennedy's legacy on church-state separation because. Sometimes I hear people worried about that, almost in the same mix. Like, he was good on abortion, and he was good on LGBTQ rights, Uh and he was good on church-state separation. Eh, not really. And I want to talk about some of the cases that were some of the big ones. Okay. So let's let's go through. Here here are the good ones. Here's the reason a lot of atheist groups, church-state separation groups in particular, were kind of upset, uh, specifically, on their issues when it came to him retiring. In 1992, Kennedy wrote the 5-4 decision. It was in a case called Lee versus Wiseman. Mm -hmm. And this is a case that basically said, if you have a pastor delivering a prayer at your high school graduation or anyone delivering a formal prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, that's government promotion of religion. That is unconstitutional. So if you don't have a prayer 
uh, in the program and you don't have it happen at a graduation ceremony, that's because of that decision. Hmm. So good on him. He recognized that. In 2000, he was part of a six to three majority in a case called Santa Fe School District versus Doe. And this case involved prayers that were student led and student initiated, but over the loudspeakers before a football game. Hmm. And so the question is, well, it's the kids doing it. It's not a pastor. It's not school officials, but they're using school equipment. It's, it's at before a, a, a school, school game, event, yeah. right? And basically the majority said, yeah, that is school-sponsored prayer, yeah. whoever's giving it. So, and by the way, of that six-vote majority, Kennedy and two other people remain on the court. So we've lost all of those people in the past two decades. So, okay, all of those things, those two issues, he was really good on. That's why church-state separation people are like, yeah, Kennedy, no, don't right. leave. Okay, everything else goes in the other direction with him. Okay, example. starts in 1989, County of Allegheny versus ACLU. This is about a nativity scene in front of a courthouse. Just a nativity scene, nothing else. Mm-hmm. That is, that's government promotion of Christianity. It's not like they said it's a free-for-all and you could put whatever you want there. Right. It's just a nativity scene. A 5-4 majority said, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's illegal. That is what we kind of know to be the case today. Right. Uh, Kennedy was part of the four. He said, that's fine. Hmm. So he was on the cool. wrong side of that one. Strong start. <laughs> in 2005. I don't understand yeah. how. How do you get away with that? Not even how, yeah, not even how do you get away with that, but like, how do you come down on the right side of this student led prayer thing? And the wrong side of this it, one. It feels like those are really like linked, He's, right? I believe what his argument was is that it, it was, it's Christmas. It's a nativity scene. Sure, it's that not old promoting God so much as a cultural, whatever. Um, 2005, there were two cases. This was confusing when it happened. It's still a little weird now. There were two cases separately involving Ten Commandments monuments. They looked at them together, and one of them involved a Ten Commandments monument in Texas. This was just by itself. I'm sorry, I lied. In Texas, they had a Ten Commandments monument that was part of a huge display. Okay. Like 17 monuments of sorts or displays are there. One of them is the Ten Commandments. Flavored or no, just they sort were of... all like different forms of law. Like oh, you know, okay. we get that from here's what we got from the ancient Greeks, and okay, I'll give here's you that. the massive Ten Commandments monument. It's one of those things where kind of the whole purpose is to put the Ten Commandments up, but to make sure it's legal, you put all the crap around it. Yeah. Yes, and the five four uh, majority of the court said eh, that's fine. <laughs> The other case was in Kentucky. It involved a standalone Ten Commandments monument. Mm-hmm. They didn't pad that thing at all. And that was also a 5-4 decision saying it was illegal. And they said those two decisions on the same day. Uh, Justice Breyer was the one guy who said yes to one, no to the other. Really? Yeah, it was weird. But here's the thing. With the Texas case, uh, Kennedy was part of the 5-4 majority that said that Commandments monument that was padded, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. On the other one, the 5-4 ruling that the standalone monument's illegal, he also said that was okay. Really? He was on the losing side of that one. Huh. So, like, he's totally fine with government, like, relics. He's fine with, <laughs> he's fine with, like, well, you're not directly promoting it. You're saying this is the foundation of our law. This is all right. that sort of thing he's okay with, even though everyone knows 
it's a promotion of religion. Yeah. So, dude, wrong on both of those. And whatever, we've gotten used to the first example, the padding example, uh-huh. which is why in Arkansas right now, uh, we talked about this before, Jason Repair, the state senator, put mm-hmm. up a Ten Commandments monument by itself. Oh, that guy's the pit. They tried to get away with it by saying, we created a commission to evaluate all options, and the only option that flies is the Christian one. Like, <laughs> it's just, everyone knows this is illegal, and the lawsuits are ongoing as we God, speak. I just don't but, get it. Is it posturing? Why, on Repair's part? Yeah, like, just shit like that. Like, yeah, just you're to win bending over, Christians. over backwards. Roy Moore put- did it. Roy Moore did it, too, which is to say, I'm going to fight to put the Ten Commandments display in the courthouse. Nothing Jesus else, just that one. Fuck. And the courts are like, you can't do that. That's illegal. Literally, this is the Supreme Court case we're talking about. And Moore's like, nope, I'm keeping it. <laughs> and, like, installed God. it in the dead of night. It was crazy. Um, anyway, Kennedy's on the wrong side of all of that. One of the ones we've talked about recently... Uh, Greece versus Galloway. This is the Supreme Court case that says you could pray, deliver invocations at city council meetings, oh. even if they are deeply sectarian. Even if you say, I want to pray to Jesus at oh, these meetings. Um, it was a five to four case that because the town of Greece basically said everyone can deliver an invocation, even if it's sectarian. But they kind of only allowed Christians to do it. So technically they were following the law, but like... <laughs> But they really we just don't know any brown people. Pretty much, and what that was a we five. Would four. Love to hire more women. Just nobody's ever applied. <laughs> we need a binder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this Supreme Court case was five to four. Uh-huh. Kennedy wrote the majority of opinion, and he said, "You know what? Prayers are fine at government meetings. Sure. Sectarian prayers are fine, but everyone deserves the opportunity to speak, like legitimately." Mm-hmm. Um, now the funny thing about that one is it's the wrong decision. They should have said no to invocations, just get to work. Yeah. But the funny thing is now that the rule kind of says everyone has to be allowed to do it. We've seen Satanists delivering Mm -hmm. them. And like, if they're not allowed to, they raise hell about it, which is awesome. (laughs) Atheists have done it too. And like, uh, we're still kind of seeing the ramifications of this take place. But again, Kennedy said, "Eh, prayers at government meetings, fine. Um, What's he? He's a libertarian. Is that his jam? Who, Kennedy? Yeah. No, he's just wrong. <laughs> well, those two things on are the, mutually I, I exclusive, think he's like, my um, friend. It's, it seems like his deal is unless the people are saying, unless government officials are saying, I'm doing this to promote Christianity, oh. like a prayer at a graduation with a pastor, uh, unless it's that obvious, right. he'll let you get away with it. Um, and by the way, beyond all of that, He said it's okay for taxpayer money to go to religious schools through vouchers. He said it's okay for Hobby Lobby and other for-profit company owners to say, we're not paying for birth control if it pays for birth... uh, I'm sorry, we're not paying for insurance if it pays for birth control Uh and fighting Obamacare and all that stuff. He said Donald Trump's Muslim travel ban is fine. Super cool. Because he didn't see that as religious discrimination because they basically said, it's not. It's just... Therefore, he's like, well, I guess it's not. just pull these countries out of a hat. What are you talking about, Justice Kennedy? So basically on all of these issues, unless it was ridiculously obvious that it was promoting Christianity or uh-huh. religion in general, he was on the wrong side of all of this. So, like, on a purely... Tr- it's like every once in a while he screwed up and did the right thing. It's like John Roberts <laughs> like with the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, like, accidentally yeah. he did the right thing, but otherwise he was really horrible on our issues on church-state separation. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, he was really good on LGBTQ rights. Like, yeah. he's... He wants that basically to be his legacy. 
on abortion rights. He kind of did the right thing a couple of times. <laughs> Purely by accident. But again, he was a conservative justice, which makes... And so the question is, why would a lot of atheists care if Kennedy is going to leave the court and be replaced by another... It's like um, when Scalia dies and gets replaced by not Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hate it for all those reasons, but at the same time, you're replacing one bad judge with another bad judge. I'm not as mad as I would have been other than the Merrick Garland debacle. But if the Merrick Garland thing had gone through the way it's, then it's supposed a different to situation, do, then we're right. living in a different... It is. No, no, no. I'm, I'm mad about all those reasons. At the same time, it's you replaced a conservative with a conservative, but Kennedy was the swing vote, so we're back to where we were beforehand. Right. The reason we're concerned about this one is, well, I know he'll do the right thing occasionally, Especially like once every decade. Gay marriage and things like that. And, and yes, on rights. the other issues that are not explicitly our issues, he's been good on a couple of them. And that's, it's like, it's the, what was the saying? Like, the devil you know. Right. Right? Yes. Other than the guy, whoever Trump appoints, who's totally going to be Who's wrong also going to be everything. like 25 fucking years old. He's going to be on, on oh, he's the gonna, court for the rest he, of our lives. I saw someone, I'll say this, I'm stealing this. He's going to appoint someone who's like a first year Liberty University <laughs> law student yeah. Who uh, who cares who it is? Yeah. Just put a face that I mean, the conservatives are cool with, and they'll be fine with it. My guess, if, honestly, it'll there because there are women on the list. The Federalist Society lol. provided him. He'll get a woman, no. and the reason is uh, Republicans will push him to do that. And the reason is when they overturn Roe v. Wade, they really don't want the the visuals of every man on the court said no. Oh, and sure. Yeah, no, they care about visuals. Nice fucking work, <laughs> GOP. Um, I, yeah, I'm... So there's my prediction. A woman that is on that list. Not, because there are a couple guys they're talking about as being on the short list. I think he'll go with a woman. Just to say he's not sexist. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the way he operates. He's like, look, I did it once. I hired this one person. Therefore, I'm not the thing you're accusing me of. Yeah, um, the, yeah this week was very, very, very hard for... For a lot of people, I think, definitely for me, um, I think that I have spent the last few days feeling extremely helpless and like everything is spiraling and all of the worst case scenarios are coming true. Um, So I am doing my... Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Right now I'm wallowing. I'm doing some wallowing. (laughs) It is three o'clock, four o'clock. I am drinking wine. (laughs) But... Um, I hope that people, I'm going to do my best and I hope people who listen to, uh, spin their anger into something helpful and useful. First and foremost, get out the vote for the midterms. Like the stakes could not be higher. And I, the the best thing the Democrats can do is just to find a way to stonewall like the Republicans did. Granted the majorities and the numbers are different. But if you can delay it enough, yeah, I mean, um, there's a chance. But they're not. The Republicans are doing this as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, so. and it's like Mitch McConnell is going is the, the fucking villain of this story. Like Trump is a monster. Paul Ryan is an idiot. Mitch McConnell is so two faced. It's unbelievable. Like he and his dumb turtle face. <laughs> 
are so comfortable just saying whatever the fuck he wants to push his agenda through. He doesn't, like, he does not care. I don't know why he goes through the charade of saying he's doing this on principle. Like, there's some no. rules like he he's wants following. Lower taxes. Just he say, wants- I'm doing this because I can and I have power, and yeah. I just want to stop the Democrats from doing anything. But-, but he doesn't. He's like, well, it's not an election year for president, therefore my rule from two years ago doesn't apply. And he's like, just say you're just fucking with everybody, yeah. and you're just going to do whatever you want. I mean, I would respect the villainous of that. Just be honest. But what's the, just, what it's like, it, about? be a good movie villain. Give me a monologue about how you <laughs> just want to take over the world. Right. And I, and if people aren't like, aren't from the U S or following this, um, when, uh, Scalia died, Obama had what, a year and a half? No, it was a little a less, but about a year. A year to- left in his term. And Mitch McC- and at that point, because the primaries in 2014 also didn't go super great for the Democrats, um, the the GOP had a uh, a majority in uh, in the House. The House they had Senate, a majority in both. both. And so he was like, "No, we're just not gonna. We're just mm-hmm. not gonna." And it and it they didn't it vote on Merrick Garland. It he wouldn't even see him. It was. From nowhere, he made up rules, and he was like, "No, this is how it's always worked." And everyone's like, "That's not how right. anything happens." When they didn't even get a chance to fill, the Republicans couldn't even filibuster the nomination because they just didn't even. They pretended like it never happened. It was, they didn't hold hearings. They didn't bother questioning him. They didn't hold a vote for him. And then now that isn't it Trump stunning? is in office, they just got rid of the filibuster so that Democrats can't and, even do anything well, for Supreme the, Court nominees. They changed the number of votes that it takes to to get a justice approved. It right. used to they be got, 60, and now it's Because of the filibuster. So they got rid of that years ago, the Democrats did, because the Republicans weren't allowing like, anybody to get through. So they said, fine, for everyone but Supreme Court, yeah, it's going to be a vote, straight-up vote majority. And then now that they're they have a slight edge, Mitch McConnell said to hell with the filibuster for Supreme Court yeah. justice. It's We're just, just going to ram them through. It's just stunning um, and horrifying. And um, <laughs> donate your time and money to places that that need help. Um, Let me talk about par- no. I'm not done no, talking about right, rights. Right, right, right. Go. Um, Roe v. Wade is definitely at risk, and even if it isn't at risk as a like, even if they're not going to read try it or try to repeal it, they are certainly going to be dismantling it little by little. Um, so this is the time that we need to like fucking galvanize. And if you have extra and a couple extra bucks, send it to Planned Parenthood. This is, this is scary. And there are going to be people actively harmed as a, as a result. So of this. that is what I want to talk okay. about. So uh, this is one aspect of the thing. The, the, if we're being honest, it sounds like you're going to get a fifth, Supreme Court Justice, who's arch-conservative, they will do everything they can to overturn Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, what they will probably do is they won't just straight up overturn it. They'll basically, as soon as that nominee gets in there, uh, Republicans will start in state legislatures, they'll start passing bills that say, let's restrict abortion, and then people will sue over it. They will punt that case up to the Supreme Court as fast as possible, yep. and that's what will happen. Um, what will probably occurs that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, in as many words, um, it'll go back to the state level. Some states, the blue states, will say we're keeping it legal here. It's and, like 17 states right now. Right, that. it's not many. It's about 20. Um, some states are outright going to ban it because that's what they've always wanted to do, but mm-hmm. they couldn't. And so it'll just be another cultural divide. And this is where I want to go with this. 
I don't think, because I haven't seen this on a lot of evangelical, the white evangelical circles who mm-hmm. are commenting, they're celebrating the Kennedy retirement because mm-hmm. they know what's coming. Yeah, Donald Trump but, Jr. Disca- described it as lit because yeah. he's the worst. But what's going to happen, I don't think they realize how this will backfire for their faith as much as they think they do because I haven't seen them discussing this anywhere. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, mm-hmm. if all these states start banning abortion, you're going to start seeing in the U.S. what I think they saw in Ireland. because, And we talked about this before. In 1983, because we think of Ireland, you think of Catholics. Uh-huh. Uh, the Catholic Church had a lot of influence. And in 1983, when they were considering banning abortion, Catholic Church is at the forefront of that debate and that conversation. And I think when they put it, uh, when they banned abortion, it was like 66-33, like mm-hmm. two to one majorities by that ratio. They said, yes, let's ban it. What has happened in the decades since? People in Ireland realized, oh, shit, people are, women are dying because of abortion. Mm-hmm. They also, and especially more recently, they see women have to travel outside the country to get them. Mm-hmm. And in our case, that would be women in, let's say, Alabama, traveling to some other state nearby, as close as they can, uh, to make sure they can get an abortion. Yeah. They're gonna see, you're going to see rich people able to fly out and mm-hmm. get them, but poor women, and that's a lot of people of color, they're not going to be able to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of what they saw in a different sense in Ireland, too, that the poor people, the ones who were already struggling, had it worse. Yep. Uh, people who needed to get an abortion, the ban didn't stop them. It just put another roadblock in their path. And all of this time, people kind of realized, oh, the Catholic Church is like totally immoral. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be listening to them on these sorts of issues. And when they were considering overturning that ban this past year, the Catholic Church is like, we're just going to stay out of this because mm-hmm. we're just going to ruin things. <laughs> they were not a part of this conversation. So many people were speaking out against them yeah. and the abortion ban. And all these women were telling their stories that it basically pushed people not just against, not just to overturn the ban, but like, let's never listen to the Catholic Church again. <laughs> I mean, Ireland is growing quickly in the direction of no religion. Right. Uh, Catholics have a huge head start, <laughs> but they're dropping but like raw numbers again, like they're losing religion quickly. In the U.S., here's let's talk about what's going to happen here. Women would have to get uh, abortion pills online, mm-hmm. whether or not they're safe. They probably won't be safe in a lot of places. They might try to do it themselves, which will result in harm to them. Yeah. Women who can't care for the babies are going to see babies who struggle with developmental issues mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, which society will have to pay for down the line. Doctor, there are some women will end up in jail because they got an abortion. Yeah. And their doctors will end up in jail for performing the abortions. This is what's going to happen. And who's going to get blamed as these stories start to come about? Women. That's what they... <laughs> they won't get blamed because you'll, you'll hear those stories and you're like, oh, shit, our country's like... It's know. one thing when Mexicans are separated from each other at the border. Like, a lot of people will look away for that. It's like when they go missing. Like... I think... I think but, you have a lot more faith a, in people than I do. But when white women are st- suffering and they're having these problems and they're sharing them online and people are listening, who's going to get blamed for making this happen? Republicans, ev- white evangelical Christians are going to suffer. And the weird thing after all of this is that the you look to the evangelical church, 
they also, again, they oppose comprehensive sex education, mm-hmm. access to birth control, emergency contraception, socialized medicine, all the ways to decrease the number of abortions, if that is their goal, they do none of that. They don't care about it, you know? So it's like, okay, you're putting yourself in a position where people are going to die or get seriously injured, and the blame has to be put on white evangelical Christians who want this future. Whether they want it or not, it's going to happen because of them, because they think they're doing this you know, virtuous thing by saying we want to get rid of abortions and save the unborn children. They're going to kill women, and they need to be blamed for it. And I think if we can look to Ireland as an example... That is what's going to happen. People are going to start leaving their churches or they're going to go from white evangelical Mm -hmm. to no religion, even if they believe in God. Mm -hmm. People are going to leave their... They're not going to go to church anymore. They're not going to donate to church anymore. They will see the church as we do, I think, in a lot of ways. I know we already have these thoughts about like white evangelical megachurches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think a lot more Christians are going to as well, and including young Christians who already don't like the church because they've screwed up marriage equality mm-hmm. and they're wrong on that and a bunch of young Christians are conflicted about that one, they're going to be really conflicted when women are dying because of their beliefs. I, I think... More conflicted. I, I, hope I think they can look the other way right now, but I don't think they'll be able to do that. That's th- and I, and I, I hope you're right. I hope that's a more accurate reflection of what we're going to see. I, I guess I've lost a lot of faith in humanity over the last few months because I would think that seeing toddlers ripped away from their parents and put in cages would be the tipping point, right? Like, I I, I mean, I understand it's like they don't care about brown kids. They care about beautiful white women who drive. Yes, I get that. I hear you. I think some of them have said that is horrible. We don't want to see that, but they (sighs) refuse to blame themselves. They refuse to blame Trump for it. Well, they they blame the victims. They blame... Well, well, you shouldn't know. They blame the people who go across the right. border. They blame Obama for no reason. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> definitely Obama's and fault. And somehow it's Hillary Clinton's fault. I, I just, don't know how that happened. I just think when women women are going to... So as long as women have been pregnant, women have figured out ways to not be pregnant because being pregnant is a big fucking deal no matter what anybody says. So I think that we're going to see more women with self-induced abortions and that's definitely going to kill women... I do not think those women are going to draw sympathy, even if they're pretty rich white women. Well, rich white women won't have a problem. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They have their own set of laws. But I I just don't know. I, I don't know how many instances that can make a direct line from... This woman died directly because she didn't have access to abortion that that they wouldn't be able to skew in some way. I, some of those some of those cases, I think I'm going to talk about one in a second. Um, I think when it's happening all over the place, there will be some stories they just can't ignore. I just um, by the way, I do want to mention one thing, which is that uh, for evangelical groups, for churches, for nonprofit organizations that are super religious. There is a cynical side on their part, too, that I think doesn't actually want to see this happen. And the reason has nothing to do with protecting women. It's that for so many years, they fundraised and galvanized people on the thought of we got to stop marriage equality. And then it became legal. And now if you kind of oppose marriage equality, even to young Christians, it's like, 
no, I'm not giving you money for that. You're mm-hmm. just an asshole. But abortion is still something that galvanizes a lot of people, yeah. young Christians included. Um, they still want to be pro-life. They still want to give money to groups saying we're fighting to, to make save to babies. save babies, whatever. Um, if they get their Supreme Court justice, let's say they overturn Roe v. Wade, despite all the stuff we're saying, if they get their wish, they can no longer fundraise off of saying we're going to fight for marriage equality at the federal level. The Supreme Court mm-hmm. has been their fundraiser forever. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you, if you're a dog and you finally catch the parked car, it's like, well, now what do we do with yeah. it? They have to find some other thing to to be angry about. Um, they will brown people, <laughs> but it won't be the same. Uh, so at um, some point, like they they kind of like saying we're fighting for this, yeah, as opposed to saying, hey, we won. I guess I just hate that, and this is not a criticism at you at all, but I hate that we are in a very real way being like, well, a certain number of women have to die before people start caring. Like, we are teeing up deaths. And we're... It's just like... It's just going to be a fact of life that women are going to be harmed and women are going to be hurt because because our country decided that like what happened in Ireland definitely could never happen here and they don't care. Our that elections when, happened after Brexit. Oh my God! Don't like you, I, how do we look at that and say, oh wow, Hemet, this thing that the polls said was going one way, we should not pay attention smug to. Smug was I when Brexit happened? <laughs> how smug was I? Oh, those they're so racist in the UK, <laughs> Jessica. I want to go back and slap her in the dumb like, face. Like, why would they do this thing that is against all of their best interests and that all the, the people who are the experts that we ought to look to said, this is a horrible idea. Everyone should not vote for Brexit. And then it's they do breakfast. anyway. Uh, and then we did the same thing here. Now, we didn't. I'm not blaming us because we voted the right way. Yeah, and we yelled into these microphones a whole lot. <laughs> right. And then everyone <laughs> listened. That's how it works. <laughs> Yeah, because friendly atheist listeners are notoriously right wing, and we really <laughs> change a lot of hearts and minds. <laughs> right. Um, but you know what I think is super. I feel like it brings this up a lot, but like when people refuse to listen to facts, it's impossible. What you can't reason somebody out of a position they didn't reason themselves into. Mm-hmm. There have been like longitudinal studies that showed after Roe v. Wade. When it had been acted for 15, 16, 17 years, they're like, oh, our crime is dropping because women who didn't want to be pregnant and couldn't take care of a human child properly got abortions and therefore weren't neglect- neglecting parents. And so there were fewer like unsupervised and un- like children with, no- with not enough food and not enough stability and not enough money to put clothes on their back, so they resorted to crime. And... That war- Again, like, we see it over and over again. We know how to reduce abortion. We know how to lower crime rates. But instead, they're like, mm, let's do none of those things and then get mad at poor people. Because <laughs> how dare you want to have sex? You slut. Right. How dare you want to have sex? They didn't listen to the 138 questions from last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, somebody said something about the swimming thing? Yeah. So it is about just seeing people in bikinis or whatever? I knew it. It's sluts. Those whores in their one piece. Um, you, we mentioned, you know, what sort of cases might people who are totally pro-life, mm-hmm. what sort of cases would get them worked up enough to say, you know what, maybe there's something wrong with this. Here is that story that I think is an example of what could happen. Uh, you know what this reminds yeah. me of right now? Have you ever noticed that in like all movies, all like action movies, 
the beginning is the heroes. I can't believe you're trying to make a movie reference. No, no, not a not Emmett, not even a specific mo- okay. movie, just genres. Uh-huh. At the beginning of every movie, the heroes. Wife is killed, or mother is killed, or sister is killed, or whatever, and that's his motivation for revenge that drives the plot of the entire movie. We're living that now. We have to wait until a pretty woman is killed to be like, <laughs> "Oh, justice, we need it." So anyway, that's our life now. But like at least in the movie, you know it's a happy ending, and here it's just <sighs> not even guaranteed, which is scary. I hate everything. Go I ahead. Know. So Tell me the thing about somebody dying. Sure. This case involves an Arizona teacher named Nicole Artiaga. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Basically, her story is uh, she found out uh, earlier this year that she was pregnant. And after the second month of pregnancy, uh, she went in for her checkup. And the doctor said the baby's development has stopped. You are going to have a miscarriage. Oh, God, this fucking story. Jesus Christ. So, like, this is done. She has a miscarriage. Um, the baby is not going to live. We know that it's, it's horrible. I, you know, don't, no one should be in that position. Unfortunately it happens. So what is she supposed to do? Well, she and her daughter, the daughter is not relevant to the story. She and her daughter went to a Walgreens to pick up the medicine. The doctor prescribed for her. The The prescription was basically for a medication that would induce a miscarriage and she would get to avoid any surgery, which is always preferable. And the pharmacist, the Christian pharmacist, wouldn't sell her that prescription. And the reason that she said on Facebook later uh, was basically this, you know, was his ethical beliefs that he couldn't prescribe what he considered to be an abortion pill. She's, and again, if you're her, the baby's dead. Abortion's not the issue here. Like, I don't want a corpse in my body. I don't want a corpse in my body. And he said, no, you have to have the corpse in your body because Jesus. Um, what she said on Facebook, and I'm quoting here, what he failed to understand is this isn't the situation I had hoped for. This isn't something I wanted. This is something I have zero control over. He has no idea what it's like to want nothing more than to carry a child to full term and be unable to do so. And the thing is, Walgreens has a policy that says if a pharmacist doesn't want to fulfill your prescription for ethical concerns, uh, that's okay. They have to give it to somebody else. They have to direct you to somewhere else where you can get it. And in fact, this pharmacist told her to like go to another Walgreens days later or something. Like She couldn't pick it up for a couple days. She got it from a different Walgreens later on. But that policy allows for those pharmacists to keep their jobs in situations like this. And by the way, you might say, well, then I'm going to transfer all my prescriptions. I'm not going to Walgreens again. CVS has the same policy. Does Meyer? That's where I get my um, prescriptions. I'm not sure. Uh, but a lot of pharmacies have the same policy, which is that pharmacists are allowed to say no to filling prescriptions if it violates their religious beliefs. Why would you be a fucking pharmacist if you're not going to give people their fucking meds? I don't know. I've made the same analogy, this analogy before, which is like, why would a vegetarian work at like Taco Bell and say, well, I'm not making you a beef burrito because it goes against my my ethical beliefs. It's like, why would you get a job there? You don't get to get out of doing your job just because you can't fulfill an obligation. You knew what was coming. Um, Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't know. And by the way, 
it's in some cases these pills are like contraceptives. They are designed to like be before the. They wrongly think like birth control is abortion is an abortion pill. They're not even the same thing. Like they don't even know the biology behind it, which makes you wonder what they learned in school. So it's frustrating. And the sad part is there's not much to do here because again, he's not going to get fired. He did what Walgreens expected him to do. Walgreens Walgreens isn't going to do anything. Neither is any other pharmacy. Um, And by the way, this is coming from the same company, Walgreens. Uh, Last year in New Mexico, a pharmacist said a mother went to that Walgreens and said, I need birth control for my daughter. And he wouldn't give it to her. And he said the reason was because he had a, quote, pretty good idea of why the girl needed it. Oh, suck my dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I would like the one thing Walgreens hasn't done and they need to do is to say something like if. We are allowing this policy that you don't have to fulfill the prescription. Someone needs to be on duty at that place at that time who can do it. Like the policy needs to be if you have a Christian pharmacist or someone who's not going to do their job, Mm -hmm. someone else on staff needs to babysit them when they're throwing a temper tantrum. And you just have to have two people on staff, one of whom at least is willing to fulfill yeah, all prescriptions if you're gonna have this, unless there's a medical reason not to. If you're going to have this policy, you're going to pay to staff enough people that people can get their shit. Like, right. I, I've never had this specific incidence, but in the last two months, both my husband and I have had incidences of, like, going in to pick up a prescription and it wasn't right, it wasn't there. And it, like, for me, it was like an antidepressant that I just needed, the, like, I was, I was out. And it was the most, like, palm-sweatingly stressful to deal with, like, the pharmacist and my doctor. And, like, why wasn't this in? And, oh, I was, I picked it up two days early and I can't, and it was so stressful. And I didn't even have anything on the line. Like, I would have missed a day of medication. It would have been fucking fine. But it's just such a high-stress situation that you're dealing with something extremely personal with somebody who you don't know. And then they're going to, like, fucking lip off at you? No, suck it. And judge you and, like, oh, you're the slut who's needs to get an abortion like no thank you let me tell you how to run your life fuck this guy and again pharmacies are fine with that i just you want to talk about something totally unrelated i guess i mean i have stories too they're all terrible i know this i think this is one happen no let me talk about i know you want to talk about this too let's talk about the capital gazette shooting yeah um and specifically the reason i wanted to bring it up is so that happened yesterday at night, uh, Anderson Cooper spoke with two of the survivors, mm-hmm. um, Phil Davis and Celine San Felice. Felice, I think. Felice, yeah. And both of them were telling him, I'm going to quote San Felice. She said, we need more than prayers. I appreciate the prayers. I was praying the entire time I was under that desk. I want your prayers, but I want something else. Um, the clip I heard was yeah. our oh. whole lives have been shattered. So thanks for your prayers, but I couldn't give a fuck about them if there's nothing else. Right. Which, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that she's right. Ties it up in a neat little and bow. Both of them. What surprised me is they were just, they totally know how this is going to play out, which is that, seen it. yeah, they were like, I know you're going to move on to another story in a day or two. So are the politicians. Um, she said specifically, I need more. I'm going to need more than a couple of days of news coverage and some thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's right. And the thing is, like, uh, I don't see much other than Marco Rubio, who is mad that she used the word fuck. Yeah, Marco Rubio. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. You're mad about the right thing, Rubio. Uh-huh. As um, usual. 
it, oh it is God, that fucking oh, guy. I know. Um, it is interesting to me that thoughts and prayers is a slur now. Like we know, as yeah. soon as you say it, that's your way of saying I'm doing nothing I'm do else. Literally for you. nothing. Um, it's not just politicians either. Uh-uh. Like it's nice if you're giving prayers, but the only person you're helping is yourself. Don't like you're not helping the victims. Um, or like even if you think your prayers are doing something like too little too late my dude like Mm -hmm. maybe pray for the next school before it happens (laughs) if you pray real good maybe we won't have any more shootings god appreciates your prayers so much he allows a different mass shooting what every day every other day something something like like that that. it's 190 something for what in the past shootings this year this year that sounds about right chill america um hey i did want to talk more about the annapolis shooter Mm -hmm. Um, I actually didn't write down his name because I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the single greatest predictor of episodes of mass shooting or mass violence, do you know what they are? Uh, Besides being a white dude? Hating women. Uh, violence against women. Uh-huh. It's a history of violence against women, um, which this shooter did. So the reason he targeted um, the the newspaper, what newspaper? Capital, Capital Gazette. Capital Gazette. I couldn't remember the second thing. Anyway, um, they'd reported on him because he um, had a history of harassing and threatening his former high school classmate. Um, he sent her months of emails in which he, quote, alternately asked for help, called her vulgar names, and told her to kill herself. When she blocked him from seeing her Facebook page, he found things she wrote on other people's pages and taunted her with it, attaching screenshots of the postings and some, uh, to some of his emails. Um, in 2010, he, April 2010, he told the woman to have another drink and go hang yourself. You cowardly lush. Um, cowardly what? Lush. Oh, like drunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I, like me? Like, I'm a lush. Got it. But I'm not cowardly. <laughs> I swear too much for that. <laughs> um, so, so this man was stalking this woman. Um, he pled guilty, and he received a suspended 90-day jail sentence and was placed on probation. So, and he was ordered to continue ongoing therapy and to cease contact with the victim and her family. So that's the end of the story. Everything is great. The, the police took violence against women super seriously and avoided more violence against the masses, except for they super didn't because people don't give a fuck about violence against women. This, the way we talk about domestic violence is, and this wasn't even domestic violence. This man was stalking this woman. And, we, and harassing the newspaper too later on after right. they wrote about the story. He tried to sue them. Or he did sue them. Yeah. He lost, but he did sue them. Yeah. He, um, oh, he also tweeted, I'll enjoy seeing the, at the paper uh, cease publication, but it would be nicer to see Hartley and Mar, oh, Marcot cease breathing. Sorry, I did not mm-hmm. check how to pronounce that. Um, I, I'm going to, I think we're going to be talking about um, mass shootings for as long as we do this podcast. And every time, we're going to uncover that this man, the man who perpetrates it, has a history of violence against women. And because we as a society decided that domestic violence and stalking and harassing women is not really worthy of our concern as a culture, we're going to keep seeing this. Men who are violent against women are going to escalate, and they do. So maybe if somebody is saying that they're being stalked and harassed, maybe don't like fucking 
brush it off and pretend it was just, you don't want to get involved because it's a domestic dispute. It's a societal problem, and we need to fucking deal with it. Anyway. I don't know what the laws were in the state regarding if he was accused of such a thing or he went, uh, or there was domestic assault. Like, why was he able to get a gun? I don't know the answer to that. Oh, but, like, I didn't there even are some, look into there that. There are some laws in some places where it's like, or at least they're starting to pop up now, which is if you're accused of domestic or you're charged with domestic assault, you don't get a gun for oh, a certain but amount of time. Don't worry, the GOP is not into that because uh, who cares about women? Statewide. So that's where it can get done in certain states where sensible people <laughs> run things. Um, okay, I'm gonna vote in the midterm. <laughs> I know November can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. The, let me bring up this other story that has nothing to do with that sort of drama. <laughs> um Here's the story that happened, and then I'm going to tell you the twist to this. Um, last week, this guy was in a Target store. He, uh, two sisters were in the dressing room, and they noticed this guy basically was spying on them. Like, he put his camera over the dressing room what? to spy on them. This they noticed it. They ran out of their dress um, and basically said, this guy's, like, get this guy. He ran the hell out of the place as soon as possible. I think the cops, uh, whether they were targets, people, or elsewhere, they caught him, and uh, he turned himself in pretty quickly. He hasn't been formally charged yet. Okay, fine. So to be clear, the guy broke the law. Mm-hmm. Two sisters noticed and then reported him, mm-hmm. um, and they're working on prosecuting this peeping Tom guy. Fine. Yeah. Target didn't do anything wrong. Like, Wait, why is the implication that Target did something wrong? Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. But Target didn't do... I mean, the guy broke their rules. He broke the law, but he also, like... It's not like Target said, go ahead, we'll let you do that. No, of course not. Okay, the reason I even know about this story is because the American Family Association, a Christian group... Are you Oh, oh yeah. fucking Here's, here's what they me. went with yeah. it. American Family Association is the group that went after Target last year, maybe the year before, saying transgender people shouldn't be allowed to use the proper bathrooms because Target said, no, we'll let transgender people use the right bathrooms. And the AFA flipped out and they're like, it's predatory. You're letting whatever. They think it's just men dressed as women. Yeah, trans people are definitely Um, the big villains in our story, not white dudes. Um, So I was, they put out a press release yesterday or an action alert or whatever they want to call it. And it basically said, here's the peeping Tom story, and I'm quoting from their release, no Target employee questioned the man or attempted to stop him from entering uh, the women's restroom. It was a dressing room. Restroom, because Target's official policy allows men free and unrestricted access. Are you fucking kidding me, They went on to say, as long as Target continues to allow men free and unrestricted access into women's dressing rooms and restrooms, they don't. These sexual violations against women and little girls will continue to occur. So they took a story about a man who broke the law to peep on women in dressing rooms to say trans people can't use the right bathrooms. This is how their logic works. I'm so angry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like shaking right now. They, it's just a shift. They'll take anything and use it to bash trans people. That's how. That's why they're called a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they're like, "We're not a hate group. We're just Christian." No, this is hate because you're just looking for any reason to slam trans people and and LGBTQ people like at the same time. They'll do anything. They'll take any information and just run with it, 
even though it has nothing to do with the story. So they took a story about a straight cis dude. As far as we know, yes. And who are the most likely people to perpetrate crimes, the most likely group to be mass shooters. And... And Excuse somehow me, I have some wine. And somehow blamed the trans community who are the most likely to be victims of crimes? They actually blame Target for being inclusive of trans people. They don't talk to trans people, not directly like that. <laughs> Those are that's a different group. Target's the problem. I was right in dreading this episode. <laughs> I'm not having fun. <laughs> By Usually the way, this is a very fun thing to do for me, Hammond. I saw the email, because of course I get their emails, and I saw the same, like, let me find this on their website, because I want to make sure I'm reading all of this, because this is insane. And I go to their website. You know what article I see that they also posted yesterday? What? It was one about the importance of civility in our society. Oh, suck my dick. <laughs> this civility garbage. I swear to fucking God, if one more person says Civility like, is just Sarah Sanders gets to eat chicken. Sandwich. Well, civility. That's okay, first civility of all, I retweeted to something today that was like, oh, what happened civility? Y'all called it political correctness and said it was garbage. <laughs> right. Like, it's only civil. What the fuck are you talking about? We need civility. Donald Trump is that. a literal, actual monster. He's used civility. He's called people, he calls people names. He literally calls people names. Like, it's the most basic form of being uncivil. It's just like, oh, I'm going to call you a mean name because I don't like you. That is not civil. And so this this weird, all of a sudden, like, <gasps> pearl clutching of somebody said the word fuck on Anderson Cooper's show, or somebody said, like, Hey, get the fuck out of my restaurant. You're make, you are lying to the American public and I don't want to fucking serve you. That's uncivil, but this idea of like separating children from their family or painting an entire society, a group of people as perverts all while uh, protecting your perverts with every fucking ounce of life you have, that's that's where you draw the like are you fucking kidding me with this is How are you doing? I'm not doing great, Hammett. I'm not doing very good. I'm very angry. I. <sighs> this is... To me, that's probably the most blatant and obvious manipulation that I've seen from the AFA in a really long time. Like, at least a week. I haven't <laughs> seen them be this bad. But it's just like, how do we even... How do your followers not realize... What you're doing here? It's it's because it's easy. It's to spot. literal. It, this is the definition of of what gaslighting is. It's we're gonna do this whole thing, and we're gonna say, and the left is like, "Hey, you did this thing," and they're like, <gasps> "How dare you accuse me?" Like, I, I do a racist thing, and you accuse me of being racist, and I'm like, "You would dare accuse me <laughs> of being a racist?" That's the the worst thing I can imagine is me being called a racist person. I can't, I literally can't think of anything worse than that. Not being racist, but being (laughs) called racist. I just, I, I just don't, I feel like we've lost any sense of, like, I feel like I just can't, 
The problem is you're living in this world where you play by the rules and you try to treat people but with respect and dignity. But it's not even about... Other people have no... They, have, they don't care about it at all, and we're holding them to the same standards. Yes. I, I think also... Like, I feel like there's no way to get traction. That's what I was trying to say just mm. now. Like, there, I, I can't say, hey, you said this thing, this thing that you said, you said it, and here are, this is what it means. It had racist undertones. It was misogynistic. It's damaging. And they just say, no. Well, and, like, how do you we would watch, talk to somebody like that? If you remember, that? like, Daily Show under John Stewart, he would do that all the time, where it's like, let me show you the hypocrisy using your own words. But they and don't give a liberals, fuck. Right, liberals would see that and say, boom, checkmate, we got you. And, yeah, they just don't care. They know they're doing it, and they don't care. Because we could point it out to them, and they're like, nope, just out of context, you misheard me, or whatever. Uh, I actually saved two happy stories for the end. Can just I do for my you. sad story? You can do your sad story. Uh, so there's a man named Joel Davis. Um, have you heard of the U- um, the organization Youth to End Sexual Violence? Okay. This no, is, but uh, go on. D- you get the gist sure. of what their jam is. I have um, a sense of their mission already. He's 22 years old. He's the founding executive director. Um, he served as a youth ambassador for the United Nations, um, special representative on sexual violence. Um, he was on the steering committee of the International Campaign to Stop Race, race and Gender Violence and Conflict. Um, Seems like a good guy. On Tuesday... Go on. They arrested him on charges of attempting to sexually exploit a child, enticing a child to engage in sexual activity, and possessing child pornography. So his entire life's work was to stop himself? Yeah. um, I actually read a lot of the details, and I opted out of including them because they are fucking gruesome. Like, Like, Hemet... Bad, 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 oh, bad. Oh, no, the details. Yeah, Uh-oh. I follow a lot of true crime, and this was oh, no. not great. Um, so to kind of skirt over the, you know, skate over the top of it, um, he exchanged text messages with undercover FBI agents trying to arrange meetings with a nine-year-old girl, an eight-year-old ah. girl, and a two-year-old boy. A what? A two-year-old boy. Jesus. Um, anyway, so it goes on like that. It's not great, obviously. Um FBI assistant director in charge, William F. Sweeney Jr. said, having started an organization that pushed for the end of sexual violence, uh, Davis displayed the highest degree of hypocrisy by his alleged attempts to sexually exploit multiple minors. Um, As if this wasn't repulsive enough, Davis allegedly possessed and distributed um, utterly explicit images of... I'm actually going to go ahead and not finish that sentence. Um, And if the shit... I've said the things that I felt comfortable saying. You can just sort of... And it of, gets worse than that. It gets worse than that. Um, so I guess I only brought that up to say no men can be trusted and we should ban them. Okay, bye. Listen, Hemant, I like I'm you not, a lot. I'm not, I'm <laughs> not fighting you it's on it. It's worth the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't... Like, who, who do you trust? Yeah, that's all. How do I know who to trust anymore? I don't know. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah, Heaven, it's super <laughs> fucking sad. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sorry I've yelled a lot this episode. I'm not that sorry. I'm sorry if people had to pull their earbuds out. Oh, go ahead. Here's Can a you hand me your story. happy stories? Yeah. Uh, it, let me give you the setup for this because we've talked about this, I think, in the past. Uh, on some airlines where they're ultra-Orthodox Jews, uh, they might get on the plane and then they get their seat and it's next to a woman and they say, I'm not sitting next to a they woman. They say the woman is lava. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. And but then they're like the lava has to move. Yeah, yeah. They want the women to change their seats and let a guy sit there. And their fear is the religious belief says I can't be next to a woman who's not my wife, mm-hmm. and we may accidentally brush shoulders or something. Or my penis might jump out of my pants and touch right. her. Right. And so the, in recent years, one, more people are complaining about this on social media. Like, yep. I was on a flight, flight, and this happened. More women have been like, hell no, I'm not moving. I, Great. I'm praying for the moment this happens right? to me. It will be but, my greatest but moment. But the thing is, so the, the sort of flight that gets this happening a lot is El Al, which is the Israeli national airline, and they have a flight from, like, New York City to Israel, and there's a lot of ultra-Orthodox Jews on those flights. Mm-hmm. And El Al has been pretty lax about... They've tried to accommodate the men, obviously, because that's a big source of their funds, right? Sure. That's a big part of their customer base. Um, but last week, or this week, rather... Um, the head of a major tech company... And by the way, someone filed a lawsuit against them, too. They didn't change their policy after that. But the head of this tech company, uh, the tech company is called Nice. It's spelled that way, too. He posted a message that said, at Nice, we don't do business with companies that discriminate against race, gender, or religion. Nice will not fly LL, Israel Airlines, until they change their practice and actions discriminating women. And how did LL respond? Chill. They said, okay. Huh. Yeah. They, the uh, they were chill. chairman of the company what? basically said, we are going to change our rules. And now discrimination by passengers is absolutely forbidden. LL flight attendants uh, do everything that they can to provide service, uh, blah, 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 blah. If people complain, um, they will kick them off the flight. Fuck yeah. Right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Literally. Oh, I, God I see damn what you it. did there. I've done that twice so far. <laughs> um, which is important because they basically ask themselves. I think this, I mean, this has this isn't a moral decision. I think it's a business decision. They kind of said which group of customers do we alienate? The tech community and everyone <laughs> who rides it, or these ultra-Orthodox Jewish men who are a lot of the people who take our flights. Right. And I think the pressure got enough where they're like, we can't alienate the tech people because Everyone will be pissed off at us. Right. Let's make them happy. And we can do it by saying we're doing the right moral thing. Um, I, and I appreciate that they didn't try to half-ass it because forever I've just thought the right solution is make those men just pay for two seats. Yeah. And then they can keep the one ne- next to them empty. Mm-hmm. Lava free. Uh-huh. And they didn't do that. They just said, you know what? We're going to kick them off the flights if nice. they, if nice, they nice, do it. Nice. So I, I hope that... Uh, I don't know if they've implemented it yet, but I hope they do. So good on them. And I saved my favorite story for the end. Okay. Because uh, you remember that one of the only wins of this Republican administration is that they passed a tax bill that basically gave a shit ton of money to rich people, Sorry, I I didn't hear your loud quotation marks around win. Big quotation (laughs) marks around win. They passed the tax bill. It hurts everybody, especially in the long term. Uh, uh, not who's rich, not white rich? Men who are very important. But to our rich society. people get a lot of money. Um, but anyway, remember if you remember when they were discussing this because it happened for like a blink of an eye. The discussion about the debate Shh. about this bill. I mean, it got to the point where Democrats were like tweeting. I just got my copy of the bill, and it has a handwritten notes in the margin yes, of yes, Republicans yes, yes, trying yes. to squeeze things in at the last second because they just wanted to pass anything. The funny thing is, and the joke was like, no one read this. They didn't have time to. They were just told, hey, Republicans, just pass yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Toe the line, did. my friends. 
Um, and now it's coming back to bite him in the ass. No. And here is how. Tell me it was like a typo. No, it's not a typo. This is literally a, a, a part of the bill that they signed. Here's the thinking behind it. Um, they're giving so much money to rich people, they got to offset it somehow. And one of the ways they tried to offset at least a part of it is they said there would no longer be a tax break for fringe benefits. So companies who are writing off their employees' meals on their taxes, for mm-hmm. example, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what that it was included in the bill. But the thing is, nonprofits don't usually entertain clients. You're not really paying for a lot of meals when you run a nonprofit. Right. So Republicans said... Uh, for nonprofits, it's a flat 21% tax on their benefits. For example, uh, what do nonprofits use as benefits? Well, free parking in a lot or a garage, subway passes, bus passes, uh, meals provided to workers, maybe mm-hmm. in some circumstances, gym memberships, whatever perks you have to try to bring in uh, staffers. I get bagels like once a month for my right? non- there, nonprofit. <laughs> there you go. So it's like those things, if you're a nonprofit and you're you're working to save them as much money as possible, you'll uh-huh. say, let's write those off on the taxes. The thing is, nonprofits include churches. And one of the way churches attract pastors and workers is that Free parking is a big deal. <laughs> um, making sure, I don't think it includes the housing benefits or anything, but like they do provide these perks, which means Republicans found a way to tax churches. And churches are only huh. now finding this out and they're pissed. Uh, here is uh, Mike Batts. He's the chairman of the board of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. He said, quote, what we're talking about is an income tax on the church for providing parking to its employees. It's absurd. (laughs) So that guy's pissed off. The Jewish Federations of North America is looking at a new $75,000 tax bill this year because of the change. Um, Their tax policy council said a lot of people are just finding out about it. And the more people find out about it, the more pressure there will be on Treasury and Congress to delay implementation of this part of the bill or change it. Um, and all of this is happening as Donald Trump is like, I'm going to try to repeal the Johnson Amendment so that you don't have to uh, lose your tax exemption if you endorse me. Um, wow. Meanwhile, they are getting taxed. Cool. And it's happening because Republicans are, like, ignorant and they just wanted a quick win without thinking through the consequences. Right. So churches can thank Republicans for, uh, <laughs> I guess, taking money from their coffers. Wow. That's... They yeah. deserve it, really. After not every church, and that's the sad part, because like nonprofits, and I like a lot of nonprofits, and yeah. a lot of churches are fine. They're getting hurt by this, but so are evangelical. Yeah, it's almost like, like there's consequences when you shove legislation through without like reading it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yep. not that. And you remember that like the Affordable Care Act went through like what a year of debate, and they went through like line by line because people were complaining about every line. It's- and they still astounding. passed it, which is amazing. The, f- the hypocrisy is but astounding. Again, you're assuming Republic. Yeah, this is you can't hold Republicans to standards because they don't care about standards. Right. They are right. hypocrites. No, they don't give a fuck. And elected, elected hip, uh, Republicans, I should say. Um, no, I'm willing to paint them all with the same brush. Come at me, <laughs> Republicans who listen to this podcast. Fucking fight me about it. Great. All two people will hear you. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Fuck, man. What a week. This was rough, dude. This was rough. Um, yeah, I, I remember getting an email earlier this week. I just looked in my inbox and I'm like, 
Uh, it was the day of the Supreme Court. One of the days they released their uh, their opinions. God, I didn't and even I talk about the abortion clinic, I, fake abortion clinic thing. Yeah. I didn't even talk about that. But I got an email that said a statement about Anthony Kennedy's retirement. And this was like an hour or two after, like the AP had already said breaking news. Yeah, like, I got like 17 push There's alerts. no retirement. He didn't announce it at the time you usually announce it. And I got that email. I'm like, oh, someone must have pushed the send button early because they prepped it. And they made a mistake. And mm-hmm. isn't that funny? And then I, uh, oh, oh, Wasn't they're, that funny? they're right. Yeah. <laughs> Not as funny anymore. Yeah. Um, um, it's just a constant, oh, this is how it's going to get worse. Yeah. It's just a constant thought running. This is, uh, and children are still in cages. So yeah. like, so like, it's like a shit turducken. Mm-hmm. It just keeps getting shoved in there, and you can't like appreciate the shittiness of each particular layer because you're being inundated with the shit. Mm-hmm. Is this a good metaphor? I'm a vegetarian, so no. I'm sorry, vegetarians shit. Last I heard, but the duck. Oh, the turducken. Do you know what a yeah, turducken is? I do. Okay, well, I've never, nobody's ever had a turducken. <laughs> I, it's a meta. It's a fucking metaphor for this shit. What's your happy thing this week, Emma? There's no happy thing this week. There has to be a happy thing. This is the moment that I brought the happy thing in. I'll look at my calendar and see if there was any happy thing. Oh, shit. I don't know what my happy thing is. Uh Uh, What's her name? Who won in the Bronx? Um, Oh, uh, Castro. She's great. Good for her. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was just so far <laughs> off my radar. I'm very happy. She's great. She's like 28. She used to be a bartender, so you know she's smart. Um, I'm going to the March. Tomorrow. When are you going to drop this, Hammond? So, uh, oh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. Uh, when am I going to... This episode? Tonight. Yeah, tonight? Sure, why not? Okay, I mean, if tomorrow, you're listening... One if, or the other. Well, yeah, if you're listening and you're in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, I'll be at the March. If you guys want to go to the March, hit me up on Twitter. Maybe I'll, I don't know. I mean, my there's friend. a bunch of them. Yeah, go to your city. Yeah, please do. Um, I'm. Mean this my is pr- the baby march, baby jail march, baby jail march. Yeah, that's what we're calling it. That's yep. what my uh, my uh, poster is gonna say. Oh, I did. I, I don't know if I said this on air or just to you. I went to Michael's and I'm. I've never made a poster before. I've marched a few times, but I never. I'm not. What do we call? Are you it? just Artistic? gonna make a poster with like cuts in it and poke your head through and like this is wrong? <laughs> just yell. Like babies shouldn't be in this. <laughs> I was tossing around a lot of poster ideas. <laughs> My friend Anne, who's co- uh, uh, guest host of the podcast, <laughs> the one I kept landing on was, if you don't want to be compared to Nazis, stop acting like Nazis. <laughs> and like, Or I can't believe we have to march to protest babies in jail. <laughs> like, yeah. what? What? <laughs> I think I'm just going to do um, a Hamilton quote because I feel like I'll be able to reuse it. It's You've seen Hamilton. Heard of it. I have seen it. Yeah, you have seen it. Yeah. It's good. I love it. It's it was very really good. good. But anyway, which I'm, one? I, Immigrants or get shit done? Um, it's get the job done. <laughs> yeah, don't misquote Hamilton at me. I will come for you. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I don't feel great being a non-immigrant white person <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I don't think that's my place. Anyway, I'm just gonna do history has its eyes on you. Okay. Because that's okay. Here's my happy thing. Yes. Better be I found googly it. eyes on this poster. <laughs> I didn't get googly eyes. I just got a big-ass marker. How do you go to Michael's and not get googly eyes? <laughs> That's a good point. I might go back. Do you think I'll undercut the seriousness of the message if there's googly eyes on my poster? Totally. Um, so I was up last night. Uh, my friend Anne, we were texting. Hi, Anne. I think she listens usually. Um, 
and we were both like talking, <laughs> mutually talking each other off the ledge because <laughs> we were both having a hard time with this. And what we sort of were discussing and talking about is like when I'm feeling like shit and I have this whole week, the small solace I take is um, mentally taking a step back in terms of in 30 years, history is going to look upon 2018 GOP as the villains of the uh, of our century. I think they are going to not be treated well by history. Shut the fuck up, Siri. <laughs> Siri tried to get at me. Um, I, I think that people, I, I think that history is going to look very unkindly on what's happening um, on the right right now. Um, and I don't think that is a a right versus left thing. I think what they're doing is is abjectly immoral and with some distance, we are going to look at it with a great deal of shame. I think this is going to be treated as a really dark period in, in American history. You would um, hope, and that requires the good side winning and being able to write that history. Okay, well, you <laughs> sort of kicked the legs out from under my happy I thing, but cool, Hammett. I, I hope you're right. But I I think that I will be happy and like that's not to say there aren't hard times ahead and it's that it's not going to get darker before it gets light. But I hope that in 30 years I will be able to look back on what we have done, whether it's you and I or me as an activist or donating money or donating time. I hope I will look back and say like I did my best with what I could do and I was standing on the right side of history. So that's my happy thing. It's not happy yeah. as much as like grim solace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will give you a happy thing, which is that uh, I was watching the primary elections on Tuesday, the one that uh, Ocasio-Cortez won. Uh-huh. Um, one of the ones that didn't get reported on at all, but I thought was interesting is that uh, Representative Jamie Raskin from Maryland, he won his primary sitting... Uh, he's He got elected in 2016. He's... One of the five members of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. Oh, cool. Uh, the only one who was on the ballot at, on Tuesday, anyway, for uh-huh. that primary. And again, he is very openly not an atheist, or at least he won't admit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, whatever he wants to call himself, I don't care. But the point is, you know, he's been open about saying, I support church separation. I, church, I support the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. I'm not afraid to put my name on that. Mm-hmm. And didn't affect him one bit. I mean, he crushed the primary competition. Um, that's different, yeah, than, like- different than against a Republican in November. But, like, it wasn't even a race. It didn't even affect him. That's good to know. Yeah, maybe, maybe with kind of everybody's eyes on actual problems, people are being less nitpicky about, like, oh, what yeah. church do you go to? I agree. I think I that's guess- true. I, and I think they, Democrats especially in a primary... Now's as good of a time as any to say, hey, by the way, I don't believe in this stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm all for the following agenda. Sure. And it's like, and they, they won't care. Yeah. Anything goes at this point if you can win the race. Right. Um, oh, also, I, I've mentioned a couple times. Oh, um, so I already said that I was going to be in Houston speaking at the um, Humanists of Houston. I just uh, now locked in. I'm also going to speak with uh, Houston Oasis. Um, in the same weekend, it's the weekend of October 20th, um, which is extremely exciting for me. And now I have to like write a thing. Nice. Wait, are you going to help me with that? Sure. Cool. Um, also, a few people have, have written and tweeted, I'm going to be in Seattle and Portland um, at the end of 
July, beginning of August. Um, a couple of people have asked if I wanted to do a meetup. I'm not sure if I'll be able to. First of all, we're going to be in Seattle like Monday, Tuesday, like Monday, Tuesday nights, which aren't ideal meetups. And um, our schedule is kind of packed because I'm seeing some friends and family. But but if I can, um, I will. Uh, when are you going there? Um, so I'm going to be in Snoqualmie Falls, which is where Twin Peaks took place, because uh. that's where we're going. Um, my costume is being made by my friend Jen right now. Do not worry about it. So I'm going to be in Snoqualmie Falls, um, July 26th through the 29th, and then I'll be in Seattle, like, the 30th through the 1st-ish. Um, going to see on the Mar- Mariners game. It's nice. stitch and pitch night. <laughs> so I'm going to bring my fucking cross stitch and I'm going to drink some beer and hang out with my husband and my cousin and watch some baseball and do some cross stitching. Nice. It's going to be, I'm very excited about it. Oh, if anybody has ideas of what to do while we're out there, uh, we have got like a day to kill. So we might do some kind of tour. So if anyone wants to hit me up with things, Hey, I am looking forward to things. Look, Look at, at you. It. I'm Look not at crying you. at all. Um, Hemant, where can we find you on the Twitters? I'm at Hemant Meta. Find me at FriendlyAtheist.com. We have new Atheist Voice videos coming out soon. Hey, look at world. Look at that, YouTube. Um, I exist. Damn it. You can can email us at FriendlyAtheistPodcast um, at gmail.com. We didn't have a listener mail thing, both because we recorded earlier than usual and also... My heart just wasn't in this one, you guys. <laughs> um, uh, you can go on iTunes and leave us rate and review. Uh, we read them all. I usually read them to my husband and cry sometimes. Are you subscribing to Patreon? Go do it. Yeah. Do it. A dollar. Oh, we go did our Star Wars episode. Hammond and it's my husband and I talked about Star Wars um, for about an hour. You were going to see another Fables episode next week with yes. Jess and Mikey. Yep. Um, and there's actually one more interview that I need to post. We'll probably do that the week after. But So there's bonus episodes in... In the queue coming yes. to Patreon donors of any level. Yes. Do it. Okay, guys. Thank you All for right. listening. We'll talk to See you next later. week. Bye.